0: How's it going, everybody? Aloha, and welcome back to the Brick House for another edition of Bose Football Final here at KHON2.com. I'm Rob DeMello and joining me, my good friend, my fellow Kailua surf rider, the Hawaii Warrior World Zone, Brian McInnes of The Star Advertiser. And, Brian, we have a lot to talk about coming (sighs) out of the University of Hawaii's most recent loss, a second straight loss here, but this one at Aloha Stadium to the Air Force Academy, 56 to 26, a game that the Falcons did everything they wanted to with that triple option attack, Mm -hmm. posting over 500 yards of total offense, including over 350 yards on the ground. We have a lot to delve into about this game that brings the University of Hawaii to four and three overall, one and two in the Mountain West Conference, but first things first, is your initial reaction of that game, where did it all go wrong for the Bows? My
1: initial reaction is, thank you, Rob, for bringing me in <laughs> on, on such a high note in the season for the first time, yeah. I appreciate that. That's a, but... a tough act right there. <laughs> no, it's uh, no question about it. This is, you know, maybe the, the low point of this season so far when you factor in that, okay, they went up to Washington, they get, they get blasted, right, by 32. Um, mm-hmm. But that's a, that's a ranked team on the road. They, they right. go to Boise State, as you said. They'd get. I believe they only lose by 22 in the end, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. the game, obviously, it wasn't that close uh, until the final margin. This one had a little bit of a different feel to it, right? It's at home. Air Force is favored in this game by about three points uh, by kickoff time. Uh, you know, a lot of people, I, I thought it was maybe a, a coin flip kind of game. You know, if Hawaii could just keep it close. Uh, obviously, that, that triple option has a way of draining the clock, so if you don't get off to a good start, you're up against it a little bit. And that's kind of what we saw. And, and then Mike Schmidt, the backup quarterback, comes mm-hmm. in. You know, uh gets ends up getting burned by a backup quarterback for the second straight week. Um, there was, you know, up in the press box some chatter when uh, Donald Hammond, DJ Hammond, their their starter, went out. Oh well, you know, maybe uh can do something with this here. And that wasn't the case. No, yeah, it definitely wasn't the case. And Schmidt was able to
0: to, to easily just slip into that rotation as if he was the guy all for season me. long. And, and You know, heading into the week, the the fears that were talked about by head coach Nick Rolovich, by the assistant coaches, even by the players was this is a team that they're going to go up against that you can't fall behind against because they do what they do and they do it well and your possessions need to count. Mm -hmm. And so from the beginning of the game when there was the field goal instead of a touchdown, when Hawaii was able to march down the field in that very first possession, you kind of already felt like, ooh, that was a missed opportunity. And then as the game went on and slowly, it's like, okay, Air Force is cashing in touchdowns, the University of Hawaii is not being able to answer back. It was everything that that was feared of uh, against this Falcon team and especially defensively. Going up against that triple option, I mean, at the end of the day, it's one-on-one situations that you need to take care of, and that Mm -hmm. is what the Rainbow Warriors failed at. Uh, I think when you see Hawaii do well against option teams, as as recent as Navy last year, Mm -hmm. when they're able to absolutely shut down the Naval Academy's rushing attack, you look at who has the best games, right? It's that linebacker position. Mm -hmm. And whether it's schematically, or whether you give credit to the Air Force Academy for I mean, playing about as good as you can in that offense, it it left a lot of one-on-one situations for defensive backs that that are 40 pounds lighter than these huge running backs that the Air Force Academy has, huge athletic running backs, and they were just not able to bring them down. When you watched that game, was it more schematically where the, the situations that Hawaii was left in was the problem, or was it just coming down to taking care of tackling? And being able to stop these running backs in the
1: open field, what, what seemed to jump out at you as far as what didn't work? Uh, well, there was certainly some of that, that where tackling just wasn't made uh, to the very last thing you said. And I believe Nick Rolovich was asked this very question in the postgame conference. Um, and I think he, he chalked it up to, to some of each. But to, to me personally, when I was watching, I, I was actually, you know, really impressed, you know, service academies are, are knocked a little bit in football for not having the best athletes out there, mm-hmm. whether it's, you know, Army, Navy, Air Force. And it, to, to my eyes, uh, from the press box, <laughs> it did not seem to be the case last night. I mean, they, they had, they had studs, <laughs> whether, it was, whether it was Mike Schmidt, their third string mm-hmm. quarterback, I mean, that guy had wheels, yep. you know, he had an arm, never had thrown a pass in his college career. And yeah, their are running backs, I and mean, just their, their feel for that option game. They it's like they, they had Hawaii on a string, you know, defensively. Yeah. Every time, you know, the the quarterback, you know, rolled out with the ball, he he knew right when to, to pitch it to the running back. And he, every time he seemed to make the right read. And just, they, they ended up burning Hawaii repeatedly by the end of the game. They had, they had nine, uh, average nine yards per play. Yeah, nine yards per play. That is insane. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it's funny. You think
0: back to, you know, whether it's the RPO or the triple option, some of the great quarterbacks that the University has played over the years where they just got absolutely burned. Um, You got to throw Schmidt into the head category now, which is just blasphemy because he came in as a guy that wasn't supposed to hit the field at all. But he, like you said, I mean, he, how much credit should be given to the Air Force Academy? Because, I mean, whether it was the chip blocks, whether it was the the blocking on, on the offensive line, whether it was the slot backs blocking linebackers down the field or whatever it was, they did everything right, and obviously, mm-hmm. especially, I mean, this is Bose football final. This is for University of Hawaii football fans. This is for the University of Hawaii football program to follow. But you look at what the Air Force Academy did. I actually think that there's not enough talk about that was one of the best triple option performances I've ever seen. And remember, I grew up watching the triple option in the University of Hawaii with Paul Johnson. This is one of the best I've ever seen because of I can't think of a play where Air Force didn't do 80% of that play
1: absolutely by the book. Nor I. No, nor I, no doubt. And I mean, <laughs> afterwards, me and the other, you know, the newspaper scribes were tossing around all these, like, Schmidt euphemisms. <laughs> Holy Schmidt. Schmidt <laughs> happens. Uh, you know, and Steven Sai, he, he spoke to Nick Rolovich and Corey Petun, the defensive coordinator, mm-hmm. Uh, for his stories that came out in today's paper, story that came out in today's paper on Monday, and um, he quoted Nick Rolovich calling the the Air Force offense their offensive coordinator some of the things they added for this game specifically that they hadn't seen, call them like sadistic, uh-huh. like for for just how how many new motion elements they added and things they had not prepared for whatsoever, and and that was evident, I think.
0: Now, offensively for the University of Hawaii, I think especially as the game went on, you realized very quickly that this was going to be a game that if Hawaii had any chance of winning, would just have to score on every possession they get. And not only score, but score touchdowns in order to keep up with the Falcons. Um, but you look at what the offense was able to do. You know, Cole McDonald throws for over 400 yards. He has three touchdowns. He has the one crazy pick. Right. Um, how do you, would you grade the offense's performance? Against Air Force, obviously only 26 points, but a lot of that had to do with you know them not having the ball for a majority of the third quarter, um, you know, and so that takes some points off the board for sure. But what did you think of the offense? And you know, well, the interesting thing is, is a lot of the talk during the game on social media was the offense being mm-hmm. the problem in this game, which I just didn't
1: see. No, uh, nor I. Uh, if I was going to give the offense a letter grade, you know, I'd maybe give them a, a B uh, for this game. Mm-hmm. And um, I, no, to my, to my mind, it, you know, def- defensively is where everything fell apart for the Rainbow Warriors this time. And they were, they were moving the ball. I mean, I think going into half, it was 28-20 uh, at mm-hmm. halftime. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, UH ha- did have a chance. They, they got a stop to the defense's cre- credit right before halftime. They get the ball back with a minute and change. Um, But that time, the offense couldn't do anything with it, so they go into halftime down eight. And even in the start of the fourth quarter, I mean, UH gets that quick touchdown from McDonald to JoJo Ward. And you're thinking, okay, I mean, they didn't get the two-point conversion that they needed to get within a touchdown Mm -hmm. on that play. But they're still down nine, you know, that's when I went down to the field for, you know, Warrior World and our Star Advertiser coverage. I've been going down on the field for fourth quarters, Mm -hmm. first three up in the press box. And it looked at for a moment there it resembled how things played out for UH in, in say that that Arizona game, fourth quarter, big mm-hmm. big time plays. Oregon State, they made the plays, the requisite plays, and then it just went totally the other way in that fourth. Yeah, absolutely, and, and the end result, again, a
0: 56-26 loss to the Air Force Academy, a big conference game, that one that you had on your turf at Aloha Stadium that that puts the University of Hawaii at four and three, and let's talk about that. Seven games into the season, you're now past the halfway mark here in the 2019 season. When you look at the schedule, it, I think the argument could be made that the three best teams that you would have played in your first seven were Washington, Boise State, and Air Force. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next two best teams would be Arizona and Oregon State, and then you look at Nevada and Central Arkansas. Well, Hawaii lost to the three best teams on the schedule. They beat the next four. So to this point of the season, are you concerned? It, you know, if there was a panic button here on the table, are you thinking about hitting it because <laughs> of back-to-back losses where you give up 115 points? Uh, For the first time since 2012 as far as that number of points in back-to-back games um, They're four and three, but again, they've lost two straight Mm -hmm. against two teams that are viewed as Contenders in the Mountain West Conference uh, perceived to be in the top half of the Mountain West
1: Conference and you weren't even close Concerned at all. I would say it's concerning. I'm not concerned for them going forward if they can respond with a convincing performance at New Mexico Mm -hmm. this coming week and then they launched into four straight Mountain West, West Division opponents, uh, starting with Fresno State, you know, a big rivalry game here at home. They get the, the best opponents at Aloha Stadium remaining in the West Division, Yeah. Uh, whether it's that, that's Fresno, that's San Diego State, they're here. And, you know, they didn't obviously take care, uh, you know, take advantage of, of the Aloha Stadium you know, environment. You know, the crowd, you can say what you will, is about 20,000, a lot of Air Force supporters in there. Um, but I think, potentially, this team could play some of its best football in the coming weeks if they can just solve solve some things defensively easier said than done but you know the offense as we said has played fairly well for the most part you know cole mcdonald's still getting the job done i feel like and and i don't see a reason why they couldn't come back and maybe string some wins together. Yeah, and I think a lot of it is the optics
0: of how they lost these games. But like I mentioned, they lost to two of the best teams in the Mountain West Conference in Boise State and Air Force. It's how you lost those games. And it's losing uh, in such a convincing fashion at home that I think sets a lot of people back as far as, you know, a couple of weeks ago on this show, the question, one of the questions sent in was, who are these guys? Who exactly are the Rainbow Warriors? Because. They beat Nevada 54-3 on the road, uh, you know, sure. which proves that you are one of the best teams in the Mountain West Conference. That didn't happen by accident. You can't accidentally win 54-3 to on the road sure. uh, against a Reno team. But then, you're nowhere close to Washington and Boise State, and so there was like, okay, so I guess Hawaii's here, but those top 25 teams are here. But then you play an Air Force team who is not a top 25 team, but a very good team, mm-hmm. and you're still a world away Uh, from them, so the question I think still is, who are these guys, and I think these next four weeks will prove who the University of Hawaii may be here in 2019. As you mentioned, four straight West Division opponents after this New Mexico game, Mm -hmm. which sets up perfectly, sets up perfectly for Hawaii's mission to win a division title. You, you play at New Mexico, a game you'll be favored in. Mm-hmm. Um, they already opened as 11 point favorites against Correct. the Lobos. Yep. You'll play Fresno State at home, another game that I think if you take care of New Mexico you'll be favored in that game as well. You will play San Jose State at home, I think Hawaii's favored in that game. You go up to UNLV, if you have taken care of business in New Mexico, Fresno State, and San Jose State as you are predicted to based on spreads, then you'll be favored at UNLV. And then you get San Diego State at home. And so the West Division is not anything that's unattainable to this point, especially if San Diego State and Hawaii went out. And of course, getting ahead of ourselves <laughs> because there's so much to be played, but you have to look ahead to what is ahead. And I think it, that if Hawaii can take care of business as they should. Now, this Air Force game, they were underdogs in. And heading in, if you were to ask me if they're going to win this game, I didn't know. I mean, okay. I was. But I do think that if everyone stays healthy and this Hawaii team plays to their ability and the teams that they're facing play to their ability, these should be games that Hawaii win. And then you have San Diego Stadium, what would be a West Division title game. So by no stretch of the imagination is the season over because of these losses to Boise and Air Force. But with that being said, a lot
1: of improvement needs to be taking place for this Hawaii football team. Well, I think the the Bose should be thankful they don't have to play any more triple option teams in their remaining at least their conference opponents. Yeah, their conference up, opponents. Right. Oh, you yeah, have Army at the Army end of the at the year. very end, sure, and they run the option. But uh, no no doubt about. It. I mean, as you said, New Mexico eleven point favorites. That we'll, we'll know a lot. I think after this this coming yeah. week, and and you know, New Mexico by no means a, a football powerhouse. They're they're better known for their college basketball team, right, mm. in the pit, but. New Mexico has beaten the rainbow warriors seven straight times. It's it's quite uh, Going back to 1991. Well, I 90, believe was the last UH yeah. win in that series. UH mm-hmm. had won ten straight. Yeah, n- have since lost seven in a row including three I believe in Mountain West mm-hmm. play since UH joined the Mountain West in 2012 and There, there have been a couple really close ones. Yeah. You know like one the ones point. up
0: in New Mexico were close And I think yeah. the one that was uh, held here at Aloha Stadium was not close Right. The Lobos ran, ran away from it. It's funny because You know, we, um, growing up as someone that watched the University of Hawaii football team religiously and and watched the Western Athletic Conference, there there are a couple of teams that no matter how good or bad they are, um, I still picture them as I did as a kid. And New Mexico was a team that I was terrified of (laughs) because, they, you know, you mentioned that they'd won 10 straight up until 91, you know, so that's a a stretch from 81 to 91 or Mm -hmm. 82 to 91. And, uh, you know, and so I was born in 82. So I don't remember a lot of the the wins, but I remember a lot of the losses. I remember, you know, 93 and, and, and 95 and, you know, those games, 96. And, you right. know, you go up on the road and Brian Urlacher is slapping guys around. And, you know, and so no matter what New Mexico's record is coming in, I still see that logo on the side of the helmet, and that is terrifying. <laughs>
1: no, I'm, now, this year's New Mexico team has yielded 348 yards of passing Offensive game one yeah, thirtieth that, in the FBS, so that's dead last uh, they give up fourteen point six seven Yards per pass completion so if you know if, if Cole can be on his game up there and you know the receivers are Playing up to their potential Hawaii should have its way offensively uh, on paper at least and, you know, can, can the defense do enough? I guess that's my biggest question. Yeah, it seems that's been outside of the Nevada game, that's been the issue this season,
0: right? Is the defense is playing well, the offense is turning it over, putting them in bad field position, um, or the offense is, is playing well and the defense is not able to stop anyone. I mean, it, it, it's, it's uh, the, the Nevada game is obviously ideal, and that's what you work for as a coaching staff and as a player personnel and everybody. Um, to get to that game where everyone's working all at once, Mm -hmm. um, that's definitely been the issue this year, is that you've had one game where everybody was working all at once, and we'll see. If New Mexico is the game that the University of Hawaii can get back on track again. That game is at 10 a.m. Hawaii time. Coverage starts at 9.30 on Spectrum Sports. It will be on pay-per-view, but that's a big game. As we talked about, as far as what the University of Hawaii wants to accomplish moving forward, what is possible in the West Division, it all starts at New Mexico because then you get the West Division on your doorstep with... uh, Uh, three of those four games against division rivals Mm -hmm. at Aloha Stadium. So that would be very big. So at this point, we're going to close the book on Air Force. We're going to move past the talking about New Mexico and and this game and open up the mailbox because it's that time where we take a bunch of the questions that you sent in uh, to Instagram, at Rob Demello or at Twitter, at Rob Demello K-H-O-N. And and we talk about some of the questions. And I I like some of the questions that were were sent in. And and the first one um, is asking the biggest weakness to this point for this University of Hawaii football team, what would you identify as the biggest weakness, as the thing that they need to focus on the most here at practice as you get ready for New Mexico?
1: Right, well, I mean, you referred to the inconsistencies and that's, yeah. that. you know, wildly varied, you know, in terms of point differential for this team. That's that's obviously a concern. But if I had to pick one thing specifically, uh, rushing defense mm-hmm. for this UH team, they uh, have given up 5.6 yards per rush for for the season, Uh, and that that ranks, we we just talked about how bad uh, New Mexico is at pass defense, UH I believe is 125th in FBS in rush defense per play. So that's, you know, if I I had to pick one thing that they could you know, really try to redouble their efforts on uh, heading up to this road game, that that would be mine. All right, next question, Uh, this is very interesting, is in today's era of the University of
0: Hawaii football, Mm -hmm. what is considered a good season? And so right now they're four and three, and, and, and you know, I can only try to put myself in the shoes of the person who sent this in and asking, okay, they're four and three. Um, there's some frustration. There's some, okay, let's wait and see. I think people just want to know what is a good season for UH. Are we to the point where just as long as they're above 500, that's good enough? Because uh, they get into a bowl game. Or are there higher expectations for this University of Hawaii football team because there is a sense that Nick Rolovich is turning the tide a little bit? Mm-hmm. Um, what would you consider? Let, let's say um, we're having this conversation at the end of the year.
1: Mm-hmm. What would you consider a good season for the University of Hawaii football team? Well, I would say that, so as you said, you know th- things have, have turned for the better a bit since Nick Rolovich has been the head coach. You know, year one he gets them to, to 500, they they you know get to a bowl. Uh, year three they get their first winning. Uh, record uh, since 2010. Since 2010, 20, yeah. 2010, Um So now I think for it to be considered a good season, and that was an, an eight-win team, mm-hmm. eight and six last year. You have to start creeping up, probably towards you know ten. It's yeah. you know I, r- I realize it can be a little deceiving because year year to year you have wildly different strength of schedules. But um, I, I, my personal thing is if they are in contention in the Mountain West West Division, yeah. It, that to me would signify a good season. Even if maybe they don't win it, say at San Diego State or, or Fresno State. Fresno took it last year at seven and one in the Mountain West. If they're right there, maybe a game off, or at least thre- in the in the hunt, playing as we talked about earlier, San Diego State in the final conference game of the year f- with potentially a berth in the Mountain West Championship on the line. To me, that would signify a good season, and for them to do that this year uh they're gonna have to string together you know probably some some wins here right quick yeah i have to agree with you that it's all progression right and it's it's nick rolovich
0: has come in and took over a program that that was struggling that was in the dumps let's face it and able to go to two bowl games in his first three seasons able to win one of those bowl games like you said last year eight wins and so i think that a, a good season is not taking a step back so if they're able to pick up eight victories this season um, with twelve, or is it a thirteen-game schedule, you'd get into a bowl game um, and hopefully win that bowl game, unlike last year, right? If you were able to get nine wins, that's a good season, right? Anything that 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 you don't take a step back mm-hmm. from this progression, I, I think is a good season. But with that being said, I think there are signs that this University of Hawaii football team has shown, and that's beating two Pac-12 opponents, that's winning fifty-four to three on the road against Nevada. That shows that this team should be taking a bigger step than just staying the same or making one game Mm Uh, progress, that that they've shown that they are capable. And especially with what they've done offensively, with how Cole McDonald has been playing as of late, this is a team that I think are going to be held to unrealistic expectations by fans. And that's just the nature of the beast. You'd rather have that. You'd rather have fans be unrealistic and hold them to a high regard than the opposite, right? Then for nobody to have expectations and, and for people to just consider Four wins, a, 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 a turnaround, or, you know, because at one point, I mean, this team was one on 11 not that long ago, yep. and a four win season would be viewed as a progress. And, and I think at this point, you just need to take what you've done the year before and improve it. And I think at that point, it's a good season. And then if you continue to do that, then in three, four years from now, we're talking about this team should be going 11 and 1. This team, you know, anything less than 10 wins is a disappointment. I think at this point, To say anything less than 10 wins is a disappointment, is a little early, Mm -hmm. but I do think that
1: you need that progress to get to the point where that is the way you feel. Yeah, no no doubt about it. Uh, I'm I'm with you. And that's, summing up everything you said, that was probably why this past game against Air Force was felt like such a blow yeah. to to the fan base and, and, you know, I'm sure to the team as well. Yeah, absolutely.
0: And uh, we used the word disappointment a second ago, and I think I'm going to use the word disappointment when you talk about the attendance <laughs> for that game. I think 23,000 tickets sold, 20,000 went through the turnstile for a game against one of the better teams in the Mountain West Conference. That was always the talk, right, is is a, a name opponent, uh, an opponent that you played in the Western Athletic Conference many, many years ago, uh, mm-hmm. an opponent that, that a lot of people have a lot of respect for, um, it One that meant a lot to the Mountain West Conference. It was just two games removed from the 54-3 win in Nevada. Um, yet you only get 20,000 in to Aloha Stadium to watch that game. Uh, the question being asked is, why are only 20,000 people going to Aloha Stadium to watch
1: this football team play? Man, it's it's tough. You know, it, it's even for the, the opener against Arizona. Uh, they, they drew about, what, 25 uh, tw- in that neighborhood, I think, yep. through the turnstiles. And it was, it, it's been disappointing for a while, I, you know, from the school standpoint, I, I know that they've always been hoping for more. We, we saw in the glory days, I mean, they would easily draw 40 plus, 35 plus at the very least. And now it's it's to the point where if you get in the high 20s, it's considered a success uh, attendance-wise for your, your football program. Um, so I would say that, that there was low student turnout. That was one of the first thing I noticed. They've had some great games the students have, and you know, they, they can actually swing that attendance a little bit if they show up in force. And they weren't able to do that for whatever reason for this Air Force game, whether it was getting blown out at Boise State, uh, you know, and then again, now they get blown out. So we'll see how the attendance looks. Uh, the next time around when, when Fresno comes to town, I mean you would expect more for that game it being a rivalry game especially if UH can win at New Mexico this week, but um, I, I would <laughs> make an, a drawn analogy to like an old-school video game like with Punishing difficulty that you know, you're playing well playing well, and then you lose a man You, you get sent right back to the beginning because old, those old-school games were punishing in their difficulty and now that UH has made one or two you know, had one or two rough weeks, rough moments, it's kind of like going back to square one with the with the fan base and their attendance.
0: Yeah, it, you know, it, I, I love that analogy of the video game because it does, you do get a sense of that, of it, you know, doot, 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 do, and then <laughs> wah, 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 wah. Yeah. And that's exactly what happened because, you know, the Nevada game was just two weeks ago, and then you have that big loss to Boise State, and it's almost a, it's out of sight, out of mind, right? June Jones, used to say one snap and clear. It's one loss and clear for fans here at Aloha Stadium. Now, there, there are a couple of other things that need to be taken into consideration and need to be remembered, is that when we're growing up and we're watching the University of Hawaii football team, if there was a nationally televised game, which means that a marquee opponent was coming into town, mm-hmm. if it wasn't a sellout, that game was blacked out in the state of Hawaii, right? I mean, and as early as through the June Jones era, right, where that was always, a, uh, I remember working uh, you know, on the news, and that was always the thing that people wanted to know, how close are we to a sellout, because will this be on TV? Mm-hmm. And if you didn't get to that 40,000 range by Thursday, then that game wasn't gonna be on TV, and so you had to go down to Aloha Stadium. I don't know when it changed, I don't remember, I don't know why it changed, but every nationally televised game is on TV in the state of Hawaii, no matter what. And so I do think that that has something to do with it, that if this game wasn't available on television for people to watch a big Mountain West Conference game against Air Force, then I think you'd have a lot more people at Aloha Stadium watching that game, especially this team and and with what that game meant. Um, And so I I think that has something to do with it. You know, obviously... um, I'm someone that benefits from Spectrum Sports having the pay-per-view option for University of Hawaii football team being that I work on the broadcast. But with that being said, when in 2011 when OC Sports, now Spectrum Sports, took over as the provider for UH football games and giving Oahu people that option to watch the game live um, by paying for your pay-per-view package but being able to stay home and watch it, I think that took people out of Aloha Stadium, people who were interested in UH football who still watch it to this day, But that experience um, of driving down to Aloha Stadium and finding parking and doing all that has been removed from their daily University of Hawaii viewing experience. And therefore, they just don't want to go back to it again. And so if the game's on free TV, even
1: better, right? Uh, Rob, I'm interested to see, say, a few years from now, if attendance kind of keeps trending this way, you know, they're going through the, a lot of the preliminary steps of getting the stadium you know, what, what's it gonna look like? How, how big is it gonna be? All, all those factors worked out by via committee and such. You know, set once, once the new complex is built, you know, you're gonna have like restaurants there, you're gonna have all these kind of outside attractions. I'm curious, like 2023, you know, they're targeting, will people come back for that experience? Like this, this will, like more multifaceted, you know, entertainment complex kind of vibe that they're, I think they're going for. I'll be, and then if, shoot, if they don't, that that's quite troubling. But I, I think maybe they could recapture some of that by then. It's just gonna be a matter of how is it gonna keep trending between now and that point in time? Yeah, my
0: only thought is is that it would have, to, it could only help. It could only help to give people an experience more so than just a football game, because let's face it, The stadium built in 1975, one that I love with all my heart, one that I grew up, it's a part of my childhood, it's a part of my adulthood, um, iconic here in the state of Hawaii, but with that being said, um, the game has passed it by. When you look at what other stadiums have to offer and the experiences that go along with the football game, uh, definitely the Aloha Stadium um, has been left in the dust a little bit (laughs) as as far as what it has to offer. But we shall see, and as we've been talking about all morning long, yes, disappointing loss to the Air Force Academy, but the season is not over, and and if anything, this New Mexico game uh, serves as kind of a, a... a drawing board as far as what this team has ahead of it itself and what is possible. So we'll see what happens as the Rainbow Warriors take on the Lobos on Saturday. Again, coverage on Spectrum Sports pay-per-view starts at 9.30 in the morning Hawaii time. Of course, Brian McInnes will have a whole lot of coverage this week at the Hawaii Prep World or Hawaii Warrior World wow. and Hawaii Prep World. He's a guy who wears many hats there. <laughs> Let's start our advertiser. Uh, But thanks a lot for joining us this morning. We'll have you again, uh, hopefully, to talk about a University of Hawaii victory uh, next time. I brought you on here uh, to uh, uh, kind of... To, to face quite the task of being able to talk about what was probably one of the more disappointing games in University uh, of Hawaii memory over quite some time. But thanks a lot for coming sure, this morning. And again, Bo's Football Final every Monday at khon2.com. If you miss it, you can catch it on demand. And also all, everywhere you get podcasts, uh, Google Play, Spotify, Apple I, uh, Apple Podcasts, everywhere you go, Bo's Football Final is there. For now, I'm Rob Demello, Brian McInnes. We'll catch you next time on Bo's Football Final. Aloha.